0: so many of us experience injuries even from other christians and we just pretend like it didn't matter it didn't really hurt and to be perfectly honest you can pretend like it didn't matter and it didn't hurt and you can keep going but that's not forgiveness that's lying today we're going to talk about that and the ways that we can start to work through that i pray this episode blesses you hey friends welcome to the hearing jesus podcast That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org, and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are continuing our discussion on confession and what that means in the life of a believer and the importance that it has. Yesterday I talked about this idea of creating a life map. And in that life map, I went through you can go back and listen to it from yesterday. I went through different events of my life throughout young childhood, middle, you know, teenage years, and then young adulthood. And identified specific things that were either traumatic or hurtful, and really looked at the ways that those things were affecting my life and possibly the need for asking for forgiveness or forgiving somebody. What I didn't tell you yesterday is that the second part of that experience was to go through and explain those post-it notes that I did to somebody that I trusted. In my experience, that was with my cohort group that I was going through seminary with at the time. But that could be a pastor, it could be a, a close friend, it should be a believer. But the reason why I bring that up is because I think it's easy to pretend that things aren't bothering us when they really are. I think it's easy I don't want to say it's easier. It's easier than dealing with them sometimes. So sometimes it would be easier for us to stuff our emotions than to deal with these emotions of bitterness or anger or unforgiveness. And so this process of then saying all of these things out loud to different individuals in my life. It was a group of about six of us where we did this exercise together. It gave them an opportunity to speak the truth back to me. so to, And these were people I was already in close relationship with. But to speak the truth in the area of places I might need to forgive or places I needed to recognize God's hand or accountability for moving towards healing in that area. And there's something special about that relationship when we come to this place of vulnerability with each other that we not only grow closer to each other, but we grow in our ability to disciple each other and to be discipled. So today we are continuing with this idea of confession and what that means and why it's important and how it helps us grow closer to the Lord and hear his voice more clearly. I want to read some scripture. It's from 1 John 1 verses 5 through 10. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So we see this idea of owning our sin, confessing our sin, and being purified from our sin. And so that final verse, I think, is scary, but if we're honest, we have to think about the truth of it. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. I'll tell you, I had a grandfather who believed that he was not a sinner. I remember uh, when I was probably 17 or so, trying to talk to him about salvation, and he would consider himself a religious person, but he did not believe himself to be a sinner, and I remember talking about this passage with him, and he felt that as long as he went to confession, he wasn't a sinner. But if if he had died between the time of when he sinned and when he confessed it, he would go to hell. And, of course, that's we know that to be faulty thinking, faulty teaching, faulty, faulty belief system. Um, because what scripture actually says is that we've all sinned. We read that yesterday. None of us is without sin. We have all sinned. We are all sinners. And so there becomes this moment where we recognize our confession to God is first and foremost important. But when we need other people, that can be a very healing way to give us the accountability we need to point us in the right direction. And so there's this idea of, I think a lot of us, even if we wouldn't consciously say it, I think a lot of us will pretend that some of those things from our past don't really matter. Sometimes we do that, like with if you try to do it with an injury, we'll think, okay, well, this injury doesn't really matter. It didn't really hurt me. Um, I'm just going to keep going. And so maybe that was a physical injury. Maybe it was an emotional injury. Maybe it was a spiritual injury. Pretending like something didn't happen and then keep going and pretending that you're not hurt that's not forgiveness that's lying so this idea of lies and love they don't they don't mix so that's when i said yesterday that that this idea of confession is a corporate discipline is because it affects the rest of the body of christ and so many times when we're in relationship with other believers we we don't necessarily even talk about the hurts that we've gone through. Instead, we pretend it didn't hurt. But then what we've done is we have lied, either to ourselves or even to them, because we're pretending like nothing's wrong when deep down we know something is. So the truth is is that these things do matter, and it doesn't help to avoid it. We don't need avoidance. We need reconciliation. I'll tell you, this happened to me one time. (laughs) Actually, this is kind of ironic because it's about a a spiritual injury as well as a physical injury. I had spiritually been wounded by one of our leaders. And I don't even remember what it was, but it was a scenario where I was carrying a lot of bitterness because of something that he said or did. And I was stewing about it. I was stewing about it all night and even the next morning. And I got to the church very early. It was a Tuesday because we had intercessory prayer on Tuesday mornings. And so I was normally the first one that would get there and I would go in and I would turn on all the lights. And so to turn on the lights, I would have to step up into the sound booth. And for whatever reason... I It was dark in there, and I as I stepped up into the sound booth, I fell. And I fell out of the sound booth, and I twisted my ankle. And we had this hard concrete floor. And I was literally laying on the floor, just mad at the world. Mad about the ankle, mad about everything. Just like stewing. And open the door opens, and uh, this friend of mine, who is an intercessor prayer warrior, comes rushing over you know she sees me on the ground she flips on the lights and she's like what's going on and I explained to her how I fell and I twisted my ankle and (laughs) she starts praying for me for healing and I'm just feeling ridiculous and she said she stopped mid-sentence and she said are you carrying some uh bitterness and some unforgiveness right now and I was like Oh, dang it, God told her. <laughs> I was like, yeah, actually I am. And she said, well, uh, you need to let that go. And she said, I think it's connected. And man, I, like at first I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm, you know, I'm fine. I'll, I'll be fine. Whatever. But the reality was, is I was laying on the floor. <laughs> I was injured. She could very clearly see that I was injured. And I think it was just, interesting that the Holy Spirit reminded or revealed to her that I was also injured spiritually. And, um, you know, the responsibility between my relationship with God was for me to forgive that individual, regardless if he had asked for forgiveness, regardless if the situation was resolved. And so in that moment I felt felt really convicted and, um, She and I actually prayed through it for a little while and, you know, I ended up being fine, but had I, had I tried to stand up, I would not have been able to stand up in that moment. Like I couldn't just pretend that that injury didn't matter, but yet I think that's what we do spiritually. We pretend that things don't really matter when they do. And then as a result, we carry with us bitterness and like I said before, that's not forgiveness. That's lying. That's dishonesty. And that drives a wedge between us and the other believers that we interact with. And so it's keeping us from being the most effective we could, or the fact that we're lying and we're carrying on forgiveness, it's going to cloud our ability to hear from God. And so if this season is all about you learning to hear More clearly from God, we have to deal with the areas of our lives that perhaps hold some unbitterness. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you're a God that seeks to reveal in this season so that we can heal. Lord, I pray even now for my friend that is listening today that if there is an injury, just like a physical injury, we can't just pretend it's not there because we are hurt, that you would reveal. Lord God, reveal those areas of our lives where we are carrying an injury, emotional or spiritual, and perhaps any bitterness that might be there as a result. Even if it's an undercurrent, we might not be consciously aware of it, but it might be causing us to hold back a little bit from someone or not trust somebody all the way or not get involved in church um, leadership or service or discipleship of another believer. God, help us to feel convicted because that dishonesty drives a wedge between you and us. Lord, help us to recognize that. Help us to recognize the areas of our lives that we need to confess to you. That we need to recognize that it's a lie, that we're not hurt. Lord, as you reveal these things, help us to turn them over to you and be obedient to whatever it is you're calling us to do, whether it is to ask for forgiveness or to forgive someone. God, I pray for your presence and your spirit to make these hard things something that we can do because of you. Lord, I thank you and I praise you in all things. Amen. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. Hey friends, before you go, I just wanted to fill you in on something. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about what's next. People have gone through the She Hears Bible study and they kind of want to have some direction as far as what to do next. Don't worry, I will be writing more studies. But in the meantime, the goal of the She Hears Bible study was to not only help you to learn how to hear Jesus through the example of the six women in the study, but really for you to have a a set of tools to use that you can apply to other passages of Scripture. So what I have available for you on the resources page of my website is a couple different tools to help you do just that. And depending on your budget, there's lots of options. The first option is just a very simple uh, ESV version Book of John Bible journal. And so what that is, is on one side, you have the Scripture from... The, the whole book of John. So on one side, you have the actual scripture verse by verse. And on the other side, you have places to take notes. And so that's a really easy place to continue doing the color method of study. And if you don't have the... Colors that we have designated in the study; those are available. I think they're just a couple bucks in the in the resources page as well. But you can continue to use that color method throughout, you know, one chapter or a, a couple verses. It's a really easy way to do that, and they're small. You can kind of tuck it into your bag. The second resource is similar, except it's all four gospels like that. And so that that one is done by Hosanna Revival, and they're just beautiful. Um, I love them. Just the aesthetic of them; they make me feel really special when I'm working them and so that's all four of the gospels and that's a little bit more expensive because you're getting the whole set and then the third option and there's two different price points depending on what you're looking for is we have journaling bibles and so there's the hardcover that are beautifully painted and then also the leather bound and What I love about those is when you open them up inside, you will see space in the margins to continue to write. Some people just have a thing about writing in their Bibles. Not me. My Bibles are all marked up. But if you have a thing about writing in your Bibles, this could be a dedicated journaling Bible where you can do the color method and not worry about getting, you know, your study Bible all messed up. And so I pray that those resources bless you. I started putting those in the shop after people started requesting them. And then I realized that I never really told you guys about them unless you private message me. So in case you're looking for what's next, what's more, this is a really good transition after you finish the She Hairs Bible Study. I pray that it blesses you. Have a good week, friends.